It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America. The Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. There's the one strike pitching. Mitchell belts us to deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. And Curley pulls back the home run. And the Gauchos are going to win the game. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? Borgonio is back. He's going to turn and watch this one fly. A two-run homer for Clausen. And the score is two. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. Willits will make the catch. And the Gauchos are 2022 Big West champions. So I've been mulling over different ways to do this. And I think the best way is to speak from the heart and keep it as short and concise as possible. So I wrote down some notes and we're going to go off of those notes. And I don't want to come across as uh, being a prophet. I don't want to make this uh, a big deal. But there is a reason why there was no Gush 9 podcast for the last six months um, after the 2022 season ended uh, up until now. January of 2023, but uh, Kevin, that's me, uh, I did leave Santa Barbara with the intent of leaving Santa Barbara. I was I was ready to move on. I was ready to uh, try something new. It felt like it was time to make a change. I was uh, burnt out from the everyday grind of college baseball and uh, you know wanted to change the scenery. It felt like the right time in my life and I had a really great opportunity to go be a baseball coach at the San Francisco Baseball Academy uh, in San Francisco and live in a new city and, you know, kind of try and move my life to the next step. That was kind of the goal. That was the objective. That was the thought process as I was leaving. Uh, And there was some rumblings about it uh, throughout the whole season, and it kind of came to this decision like, yes, all right, we're going to do this. It, It feels right. It's a good transition. Let's go for it. So six months in San Francisco. I did uh, a lot of traveling as well. I uh, did some great golf outings in Carolinas, in the Carolinas, north and south. Uh, saw former gaucho Marcus Cuellar in Boston. Went to a game at Fenway. And traveled in Europe for two weeks with uh, former gaucho, who was also on the podcast, Ryan Bob, who is uh, the director of operations at UC San Diego. We went to Vienna, Venice, in Munich, and really had a, a wonderful time um, exploring the cities, eating some great food, seeing the sights, going to the museums, walking the streets. It was a uh, it was a really great, really great time. And, and those three weeks were kind of this this clear mind. You know, it was a I felt a lot of clarity uh, in those three weeks, and so. As we got back, as I got back to working um, and starting up in San Francisco and moving all my stuff up, and everybody knows how that goes, moving is hard. And this is the first time since I left for college that I actually changed cities. You know, I'd moved around Santa Barbara a bunch, but that's easy. Still doing the same thing, seeing the same people in the same place. But moving to a new city, I didn't really account for all the things that go into it. So that was lesson one learned lesson one um and i thought you know going back to the bay which is where i'm from i'm familiar with san francisco and in the bay area my parents are in oakland and you know it just it really just felt right and i i really want to thank 
Michael Acardi and Travis Seno for bringing me in, making me a part of the SFBA family, really value the experiences that I gained uh, helping them. And if you don't know the Baseball Academy, it's really great. It's a, you know, roots-based nonprofit baseball academy where uh, you can come in, you can sign up your kid for a, a private lesson. They have lots of camps. They just installed hit tracks and they're doing these hit tracks leagues. They're showing movies. It's in an old movie theater in San Francisco that they renovated. There's four tunnels. They've got machines you can rent. It's just this really great baseball place and it's really built from the ground up. Um, all thanks to Michael uh, and Travis at his side. Um, and they brought me in and taught me how to run the business and learned a lot running, uh, helping run a business. It's a lot different than coaching baseball um, at the college level, let me tell you. Uh, but teaching and working with the kids uh, and working with the parents and sometimes giving lessons to the parents uh, was really a great experience and met a lot of new people, of course, and uh, really learned some some valuable life lessons. So that's that's why I left Santa Barbara. It was it felt like it was time, and I was ready for a change. So now, what did I learn? I learned about working and living with a purpose. And on coming back, I've had a lot of great conversations with my fellow coaches and coworkers uh, about that, and friends about living with a purpose. And I recognize the true value of the work that I did in Santa Barbara. That's what I learned when I was gone. The true value of the role that I played for the Gauchos and that I not only played an important part in getting this program to where it is now, the top 30 program in the United States, but this program, uh, it has shaped who I am as a person. And the last 12 years are, there's everything that happened in the last 12 years is, is that is why that happened and, and how it shaped me. Uh, it's allowed me to showcase my strengths. It's it's challenged me to test my weaknesses. It has been by my side day in and day out for the last 12 years. And at times it's been a crutch for me to lean on. It's definitely been a crutch, but it's also been a springboard that has fostered growth. And I think upon lots of reflection, it was a springboard to get me away from it, but also bring me back. Uh, most importantly, I, it's it's really shaped my identity. And to be 100% transparent, I was missing my identity in San Francisco. I really was. And uh, I was missing Santa Barbara. And I remember there's a distinct day where I was standing at an overlook in the Marin Headlands, gazing out over the bay where it became crystal clear. And my friend, Michael Icardi, the owner of the SFBA, he built his business from scratch. On day one, he was giving a lesson to a young ball player at a park in the city. And 12 years later, he's living out his childhood dream of running his own baseball academy in a sparkling indoor facility. That's from the ground up. Like he started with just calling friends, having people around who knew he was interested in coaching and he could help him out. Just going to the park, a little half hour hitting lesson, and then off they go. And now, the SFBA is this, it's this great, great place. But SFBA is his baby. It's his thing, right? Him and Travis. 12 years ago, when I came to Santa Barbara, eager to be a part of the highest levels of college baseball, for those who have, or who are gauchos, for those who have followed the pod, 
followed this team for the last 12 years and for the many great years before, you know what kind of impact this place can make. There's a reason why people come back to Santa Barbara. The experiences you go through, the friendships, the wins, the losses, and when you're in the thick of it, the wins and losses are not just on the scoreboard, they're on the the practice plans that you make, the the weather changes, the everything that goes into it, and you learn to value those wins and losses and what they can do. So this place has left its mark on me, and I've recognized that in so many ways, and that UCSB baseball is my baby, <laughs> just like the SFBA is Michael's baby, uh, and UCSB is UCSB baseball is Coach Checkett's baby. It's it's given me the opportunities to leave my mark, and I want to continue to make those experiences and see where this program can go. So that's the opening, and that's where I was, and that's why I'm coming back, because this is a place that I want to be, and I want to thank everybody who's was by my side or I was working with or who I was having conversations about to, to come back and to leave because I think this whole experience has been very uh, nurturing for me and I don't want to make this about me. The podcast has never been about me, but I felt like at least to start this podcast and to get us going into the season, I can uh, use this platform to practice this, A, because it's good practice and writing things down. But first time I really like wrote down a bunch of things and really asked myself hard questions and really thought about them concisely and had meaningful conversations with people who I know very well and also complete strangers. And I felt like I opened up a lot more and I had a lot of clarity with coming back and I'm happy to come back. And that was kind of the crux of everything. It was happiness and purpose and identity. And so that's where I leave you. Now we're going to talk to Coach Checkets. So I want to say uh, thank you to all the gauchos out there. I'm stoked to be back. I look forward to seeing you at the ballpark. Uh, I look forward to more podcasts and more broadcasting and just being a part of it all because it's a really great thing. All right, Gaucho Nine podcast is back. First episode of 2023. And we're going to do a fall recap. We're going to go over summer notes from 2022. We got a few things to catch uh, catch people up on. We've got some news, some good news on a couple of different fronts. And we have uh, the head coach, Andrew Checkets, joining the pod Today, my name, of course, is Kevin Cannon, and uh, if you were wondering where the podcast was for the past six months, well, Kevin wasn't around for the past six months, um, but you heard all about that in the open. But uh, Chex, uh, you woke me up this morning with a phone call because you had eyes on waves, and you said, uh, get your board, come to my house, we're going to bike over, and we're going to catch some waves before we do the podcast. And so... Uh, how many waves did you catch? I think you, got the first, you caught the first one. I'm pretty sure you caught the first one. Yeah. One. Yeah. Good three or four. I think I had the best dismounts for sure. 
had a face dive dismount. I had a face plant dismount, head over heels. Um, so I'm, I'm way better at the dismount than I am at the actual riding the wave part. But um, now that you're an unofficial stork rancher, we got to, we got to do that more. That was fun. Yeah, we can do that again uh, in Stork Ranch. Uh, shout out to the Urigs for hosting me and uh, getting myself uh, back settled into Santa Barbara. It's been uh, it's been a good couple weeks uh, since I got back, and it's been good hanging out at the field. It's been good seeing the guys. Uh, it's been good seeing uh, working with the coaches again and getting Caesar Wasaga Stadium back ready for baseball. And it's uh, it's it's still a work in progress considering all the rain that we've had. And how long the grass is uh, there's been a few fans that have come to the yard to check it out and they can't believe how much grass is out there it's it's like a forest it's like walking through um i've been saying it like uh like powdered snow because you kind of have to like lift your foot up step over you're leaving like marks in the grass it's it's so tall it's like uh powder in tahoe but uh it, i feel it's like big, it's in big, good shape big hair yeah big hair big, big hair it's like 1980s uh hairspray hair it's it's out there so but there's been there's been some good improvements we'll get to those uh but there's also been uh you know there's been some great things on the field i wasn't there of course in the fall but can you give me your rundown on how fall went just in well, general for, for, first off we missed you and welcome back <laughs> and we're, we're glad to have you back and Nobody is happier to have you back more than Gianni Bloom, who filled in your role for the the six months, and he's gladly uh, turning the keys back over to you. Um, but we're all we're all happy to have you back, and I'll forgive you for the month of September um, when you ruined my life and decided that you were going to leave, and I had to figure out all the stuff that you were doing. And, and uh, hey, you had you had three months to prep for that. I know, but I was in denial. So I was hoping it wasn't real and you would, you wouldn't actually do it. Um, but, uh, we're, we're glad to have you back. So we missed, we missed you. Well, it's good to be back. It, uh, it's like, uh, it's like riding a bike, jump back in and sit in a staff meeting and we're going over the same stuff and get a rake in my hands, get a squeegee in the, in the cages and, and we're good to go. And I get the mic back and you're good. So yeah, this is this is the next thing on the checklist. So yeah, some surfing. Have you done hot yoga since you've been back? I have. All right. Yeah, I'm just gotta get you some pickleball. Yeah. Back. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Stork Stork Ranch pickleball team. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll work on it. So and my maybe, my, maybe pickleball, some... my pickleball career might be over with my back. So um, if I have another stuff to do. If you can go out and catch some waves, I think your back's good enough to. It's kind of finicky to smack a tenant, <laughs> a, a wiffle ball over a net. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of finicky. It doesn't. My back doesn't enjoy bending over for yeah. an hour. So, well, also I've, I've played some golf too. So it's you know we're getting back into the the swing of things, the Santa Absolutely. Barbara lifestyle. Uh, I'm looking forward to the season. I think as we're recording today, today is January 18th. So we are less than a month away from opening day we will have a season preview podcast but uh, opening day will be in surprise arizona against the golden gophers of minnesota down uh, at the surprise arizona tournament we'll also be uh joining new mexico and oregon state 
in that little uh, round robin. So we'll get to that uh, in a couple of weeks, but we are one month away from baseball. Uh, I know when this time of year comes around, it's, it's like a weird place to be, especially in college baseball, because you come back from break and then in a, in a weird year like this, where we haven't been on the field yet, really, because of the weather and the field conditions, is it sneaking up on you or was your fall preparation that good where you feel like you're ready? I never feel ready. You know that you've been around me long enough to know that silly. Question. I never feel ready. I, I will say it felt a little handcuffed come back just because of the weather. So, um, you know, we're pretty, pretty limited. So, you know, some of the planning and preparation just had to wait. We, we hadn't got, we haven't got a mower on it uh, in the outfield in like eight or nine weeks. And, you know, afraid we're going to sink it if we do. So been fortunate to have the access to the rec center and being able to use some turf up there a little bit. We can't play full baseball or, or hit balls, but we can play catch and take some ground balls off machines and, do some of that stuff. So we've been able to, to work through it. And, you know, the early January is already a little limited because we've got, you know, we've got our eight hour limitation. We've got the NCAA time management plan um, that requires us to get us to give the guys more days off. So you, you have to have a lot of faith at this time that your guys are doing some work on their own as well um, and hope that they're, they're putting the time in um, to, to get themselves ready. But we've been, we've been bobbing and weaving a lot with, you know, flooded cages, um, trying to get up to the turf, no, no playing surface. And I know you'll mention it later, but you know, every, every January, the motivation to turf our field, uh, goes up and up and up and up. And so we're close on that project. Uh, we've got about a little over 2 million raised. I think the price tag is going to be somewhere between 2.5 and three. Um, but you know, really, hoping we can get that project done uh, by next year because it's a game changer for us, especially this time of the year when all the, the preparation is so critical and we're, we're trying to dial the team in and um, you know, it, it's what the, the time of time of year where we get most of our rain. Um, so we're, we have to, we have to dance around it a little bit. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's go back to the fall. You know there are a couple of scrimmages. We said goodbye to uh, a number of players who were, essential in the two big West championships. I mean, guys like uh, Kyle Johnson, guys like uh, Bryce Willits, Mason Eng. Uh, there's, there's a lot of names uh, that were involved last year uh, who have moved on either professionally playing wise or professionally uh, work wise. Uh, but who are some of the, some of the guys who are, who are back, who are coming back. There's two notable ones. And then who are some guys uh, that are new uh, who made an impact in the fall? Well, the super seniors that we got back, Kurtley, Mortensen, and Hall, you know, those guys were all COVID seniors. We weren't sure we were for we weren't sure whether we were gonna get Mortensen or Kurtley back. Um and we were we were checking in with those guys, you know, every quarter it felt like last year. You know, at one point both of them said, Hey, if I don't get drafted, I'm you know, I'm about done with school, I'll probably probably move on. And um neither one of them got drafted and then we, we got towards the middle of the summer and neither one of them were super interested in doing the independent ball thing. They probably both could have done that. Um, they both got a little bit of work left on the degree. So I called them up and said, Hey, I, you know, I know you guys said you, you know, you were done, but we'd love to have you back. And with the NCAA rules, they don't count against our roster uh, limits. And um we had we had a, a signing and we're you know able to get them a little bit of, of 
of money to help them out. Um, so th- those two guys, that's big. You know, Brock's led the conference in home runs two years in a row, and you know, Kurtley um, is an older, mature, physical hitter with power. So to get middle of the order bats back late in the summer, that's a big boost. We knew we were going to be young this year or inexperienced, I guess, this year after losing most of our off- offense. Um, and then adding those two guys back in the mix really helps. So was, it really funny, like, lengthens uh, up the lineup. Going back and forth with those guys over the last couple of days. And currently, of course, he's like, well, you know, I was talking to my buddy Willow, Jason Willow, another guy, part of those two teams uh, who has moved on. And he's like, I, I think I could probably break a couple of Willow's records. I mean, what's the games played? Kurt's not going to reach the games played school record, but he could surpass Jason um, if he plays 51 games this year. So I planted that seed in Kurtley's head. He's got to stay healthy so he can play 51 games. Um, and now he's throwing around, I'm going to be a double-digit double digit guy, 10 homers, 10 stolen bases. So he got he got seven last year stolen bases. I think he could probably get 10. So that's what uh, seven, seven for 25. Is that what he was? <laughs> I don't think it was seven for 25, <laughs> but he's got, he's got the veteran savvy. He can sneak a few stolen bases in there. And then yeah, uh, the school record, on. Brock has led the, the conference in home runs the last couple of years. He's got 31 in his career. The, the career home run record, believe it or not, for the Gauchos is 42. And so that's within reach. Um, and we'll be following that. Uh, with Brock. So uh, there's a couple of things to look forward to for, for those guys uh, leading the pack. Uh, so what about, what about some young guys? Uh, the, the team, I haven't met everybody yet, but uh, the team looks pretty big, looks pretty physical. Uh, kind of reminds me of what the 2019 team looked like. There were some, some big pitchers on that team like Dashwood and Brecht and, and some big uh, position players like uh, Armani Smith, Eric Yang, guys who are physical. So the team looks good. Look, when you walk up and you see them uh, in the locker room and you see them uh, on the turf uh, getting their ground balls work done. So who's uh, who's been impactful? Yeah, I agree. I mean, we look good getting off the bus. we got some uniform models out there for sure. Um, you know, and the credit, the credit really goes to current and former assistants who have, you know, done the heavy legwork on that recruiting front and um we have a, our freshman and sophomore classes are really exciting um high ceiling guys um pro potential physical uh, a lot of those guys didn't get on the field last year because we had such an older team last year and an experienced team but guys that we're excited about so um four arms four freshman arms that have come in and, and look like they're ready to make a a, a difference right away. Tyler Bremner, uh, Frank Camarillo, Hudson Barrett, and Reed Mooring. Those guys are all in the mix right now to start. We're working them up as starters. Um, not all four of them will get a chance to do that, but they're competing with some older guys for <clears throat> for starting spots, and they all do some things that are pretty special. You know, all of them are up to 94 miles an hour with their fastball and have some field pitch and, and solid secondary. So that's that's an exciting group. Um, you know, I can see in three years, a lot of those guys being high draft picks, um, if they continue to stay healthy and develop and work, um, they're still freshmen. So they have some freshman moments and they're still learning. They're still learning how to work and 
how to put the preparation in and what it really means to be a, a high level division one pitcher and a, a, you know hopefully a future pro and to work like a professional and um so they're still learning and working through some of those things but the the, the arms are exciting and and then we've got some good some good young freshman players um that came in i think the, you know one of the standouts there would be Corey nunez who's a, a shortstop and um you know we we compare him defensively to to clay fisher a little bit he's really got actions and instincts and an accurate arm um he's got really good bat to ball skills he's a little frail at this point he needs to get more physical um and stronger so they can do some damage offensively, but he's got a big frame. He's six, three and um, 175 pounds. So he's got some room to, to grow and put some, some strength on. Um, but bat the ball skills are good. And I, so he's, you know, he's somebody that could be an everyday shortstop um, at some point. Uh, he, he's again, like some of those other freshmen, a little, a little young, a little inexperienced, has some freshman moments, um, if we had to start today after what we saw in the fall, you know, Nick Oakley would start shortstop for us. Um, he doesn't have probably the upside that Corey does. I think Nick's a second baseman in professional baseball. Um, Corey's going to stick at shortstop in professional baseball, in my opinion. So, um, but Nick is, <laughs> Nick is just more experienced and more advanced and, um, and know, knows how to work like a, high level division one player and Corey's still learning some of those things. So, um, but those are, those are some of the younger guys that are, you know, pretty exciting. And then uh, a couple of JC guys that came in, um, Jonas Sebring is going to be a utility player for us. I think we worked him out in the infield. Um, I don't think he's going to stick at shortstop, probably a, a Jason Willow type center fielder, second baseman, third baseman, emergency shortstop. Um, and then Ivan, 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 uh, Brett Auer, um, big physical transfer from Arizona State, can run, light tower power, 6'6", 240, another one of those guys that you notice uh, when you walk into the ballpark. Um, he had a he had a solid fall. There's real power potential there. We worked him out in center field. I don't think he's a center fielder uh, at the next level. He's a plus runner, but probably a right fielder type player. Um he may may land in center field for us. We've got a couple other guys that can play out there, um, but he's he's been he was solid. The Jared Sumstrom was a you know physical right-handed hitting outfielder from Santa Rosa. Um, I get 15 home runs in the California Collegiate League last summer. Um, really looks the part. He was dinged up. He had a hamstring deal that really slowed him down in the fall. So we didn't get to see much out of him in the fall. Um, we're excited about him and, you know, looking forward to him coming back and being healthy. But, you know, those are some of the, the incomer highlights, um, you know, to mention. And then, you know, some of the returning guys that really, you know, yeah. Andrew Darby looks part. Sorry, gonna, I'll let you no, talk gonna, at some point. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's your podcast, okay. Kevin. Sorry, no, you covered you covered some of the names that I wanted you to cover, and I wanted you to prompt you second year guys. Like, let's not forget about second year guys who saw a little bit of playing time last year. You know, some of them had had really critical moments. Um, you know, first year players like Matt Ager on the mound, and then a couple of position players like. Darby, who had the two homer game at Oregon, and then we had uh, you know Aaron Parker, who had that pinch hit triple against UC Irvine uh, later in the year. 
but guys like Latre McCollum, uh, there's a couple other names that, that I'm missing, but oh, you mentioned Oakley. And like, I can't believe like Oakley's a third year player already. Like, I almost put him in the second year player uh, batch, but he's a third year player. Uh, he he looks great. You know, he's he's still Nick Oakley. If you know Nick Oakley, like he's still Nick Oakley, but he's got this little bit of servant leadership thing that's going on. That's that's pretty great that I've noticed already. Uh, so you can see him uh, maturing before our eyes. Uh, but uh, some more second year guys. I mean, Matt Ager. Looks awesome. Uh, I've seen Latrey at first base look sharp over at first base. So those guys are going to have impact as well, uh, who saw some time on the field last year. Yeah, I'll start with Oak. I mean, he's got the mentality and some toughness and the chip. You know, he's always played with a chip on his shoulder. Um, he had a he had an older nerve that he needed to have moved in the offseason, um, played through it last year. We knew he, he had it and just grinded through it. Um, last year, had that fixed in the summer. And, you know, we weren't sure he had enough arm to play short. Um, we were concerned, you know, losing Jordan, um, Sprinkle. We were just concerned that we didn't have a true shortstop. Um, we had some competition between Nunez, Oakley, uh, Sebring, and then another JC transfer named Jose Ruiz. Um, and, you know, Oakley, you know, beat them all out in the fall. Um, and his arm – He's got enough arm strength. He made some spectacular plays. So um, I feel good that we have somebody that's solid there. Um, again, probably not a professional shortstop, um, a professional second baseman, but somebody that can be really a, a good solid uh, anchor for us there at, at shortstop and and knows how to run the system that we like to run out there. So nice to have him. He had a fantastic fall. Um, we'll see where he hits in the lineup, but it'd be hard to keep him out of the lineup based on the the leadership and intangibles that he brings. Um, and then, yeah, Xander looks great. We moved him over to third. You know, you know he played some short for us last year and some second for us. Um, he's just outgrown that position a little bit. He's physical. Um, we felt like we could move him over to third. He'll be a, you know, a nice replacement for, you know, those last couple of good third basins we had there, Cole Cummings and Bryce Willits and, um, he fits that left-handed physical mold. Um, he's got high ceiling, good runner, power potential. Um, he looks great. And then Trey, uh, the Trey McCollum, he's had a break, he had a breakout fall for us. So he was, he's physical. He's put on a bunch of weight. Um, he's got really good bat to ball skills, um, handles the strike zone, started to be able to turn it loose offensively. He puts together competitive at bats. It's a weird deal, and I, I tell people this, and they, they laugh. And when scouts ask me, I go, well, he's, he's a center fielder, first baseman. And um, you don't run into a lot of center fielder, first baseman. That's usually not something that you you talk about. You know, it's a first baseman, corner outfielder. But he's one of our better runners. Um, and we moved him to first base kind of middle of the fall. We've got another freshman there named Jake Dodge, who, who we like long-term. He's – big physical left-handed and there's some some Austin Bush comps in there um you know but even Austin's first year he didn't play every day as a freshman he had some he had some big moments but wasn't an everyday player right away and and Jake's I think gonna be an everyday player for us but mine maybe not ready to be in the fire right now and so we we were 
hedging our bets a little bit. We had Leo over there. Uh, Leo's had some shoulder issues we were concerned about. So we, we put Trey over at first and he's picked it up fast. I mean, it was, we had kind of tryouts. We brought about three infielders and it hit them ground balls. And um, two of them, two of them, two of them, the balls hit them more than they hit their glove. And then um, Trey looked like he'd been doing it since he was five years old. Um, and, it, you know, he's a big target over there. I like, I have a height requirement to, to ride that ride. And uh, he meets the height requirement. Um, Berg does not, by the way, he, he would put a five, two first baseman over there if he could hit. So, oh yeah. Yeah. I have no doubt. He, he would just, he'd put nine guys out there that would run around with no gloves and just carry bats on defense. So I have to, I have to push him and put my foot down a little bit and go, no, he's gotta, he's gotta be over six, one, please. Um, so Trey, Trey was great. Um, he looks like a middle of the order bat. He's got some utility, uh, defense value there. Um, you know, if we, we'll figure out what that, we're still trying to figure out what that best mix mix is, but it looks like he'll probably open up at first base unless we can get Leo back to the point where he's, he's throwing enough, which looks like a long, t- long shot for this year, uh, right now, or, you know, Dodge ends up, uh, you know, coming back from the break, you know, mature and ready to do that. And, That'd be great if he did. We could move. We could move Trey out to center field. Um, but right now, it looks like we'll probably move Sebring out to center to get, get a little competition. And he's maybe more of a pure, pure defender out there. We're hoping, and then Trey can play, uh, play first. So, um, yeah, this, but, this is the fun part of, of this beginning part of the season where it's you feel like you have options. You like what you saw in the fall. There's guys coming back who play some roles that you know you can play certain positions and I don't know it gets me excited about the season where it's like who's going to play where what's the lineup going to look like like as a observer of the game you know you're you're in the dugout you're making the decisions it's a little more challenging for you and you see it a little bit differently but for me it's like and for the fans it's kind of exciting you hear all these names like oh who could be who could be hitting third who could be the cleanup man who's gonna hit lead off who's gonna play first short like all these new positions that guys left and there's competition for it's just it's an exciting part of the lead up to the college baseball season and then throughout the course of the season of course let's jump over to uh the pitching side I did, I, did want, I did want to mention the, just the catching side you know, Aaron I was, I was sort of, gonna get there I was gonna get there eventually but let's go for catchers because we yeah we, just yep <clears throat> no Gianni no more Gianni yeah. and no more Mason so the defensive yeah. specialists have moved on and those guys were special defenders. So that would be, that's a little bit of the question mark is can we get, can we get Newman and, and Parker um, on that level defensively? Currently started to catch a little bit. He looks more like, you know, not an everyday catcher, but maybe a, it's still new for him. Um, so I, I think more of a, a third string emergency catcher um, once a week. And then, you know, maybe pro ball, he could, develop more and have a little bit more runway to, to work on that. But um, John and AP, they look good. They're solid. I, you know, I think they've been maybe a little more offensive first catching. We're trying to get them caught up defensively. Um, I don't know if we've got a game caller like Gianni um, in the group yet. We're trying to get them there. They may not be there yet. So we may, we may do more of that from the dugout this year than we've had to do the last couple of years. Uh, my preference is not to do that. Um, but those guys have been good. And then we've got a couple young guys, Nick Putnam, who's a high ceiling 
freshman for us that, you know, we probably won't see out there. He's not ready yet, but we think has some, some long-term um, potential to be really good. And then Jesse Brown's been working between center field and catcher. Um, probably more of an outfielder at this point, but we're, we're Nick, Nick Putnam working out down there. Seven or six foot seven, Nick Putnam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Behind this. Yeah. Six, six. Yeah. He's tall. Um, and he's got a good arm. He's got, yeah. he's got, he's all elbows and all knees. Um, and we've got some time. We've got some time with him. He's, he's got a rocket for an arm and he takes a good batting practice and he's done a, you know, Fergan and Ernie have done a good job with him and, you know, making him a little more offensive looking, um, at the plate. Um, we don't, hopefully we don't need him this year to be, you know, in the middle of it, but, you know, it's easy, it's easy to dream on his upside and potential. So he's well, got a last year, longer runway. Did, did Jesse catch in a game last year, Jesse Brown? Because if he did, yeah. if he did, that would mean that five catchers saw innings behind the plate for the Gauchos last year. Johnny Bloom, Mason Ang, John Newman, Aaron Parker, and Jesse Brown. That's, that's saying something. If you can put five catchers behind the plate, during the season, different it says different things depending on on how you look at it. But it means that John and Aaron, you know, both saw significant innings last year. You know, it wasn't it wasn't Mason and Gianni all the time, and so you'd figure that that experience would propel them to being ready to to handle a pitching staff, which looks like it's going to be electric. Yeah, Newman Bloom went down and Newman filled in and was amazing for a good streak there. And then then John got had a concussion um, and was out. And we we're fortunate the timing was right when Johnny was coming back. So Johnny came in and had that amazing weekend against Cal Poly on his return. And um, and then we were able to. It was a little bit more uh, Newman Bloom down the down the stretch. So. Mason was coming in and, and closing for us sometimes on defense. So um, I can't remember if Jesse got in there. If he did, it was, you know, it was short, but um, he's athletic. He's a little, he's a little raw and crude behind the plate still. Um, we'd like to, we'd like to get him there based on his, his athleticism and run tool. And, you know, not very often you get a runner behind the plate. Um, he's just got a little, got a little bit of work to do on the defensive side of things. So, and he'll, he's going to compete for an outfield spot and, um, so we'll see where he ends up, but you know, even the value of just having a an extra catcher that can play the outfield on the, and run the bases from a travel roster perspective is really valuable. Um, so we'll see where Je we'll see where Jesse lands. All right, let's jump over the pitching. So Michael Gutierrez back. You know, he was one of the most consistent starters last year, and it sounds like uh, Matt Ager is going to compete for a rotation spot over the, uh, this year. He was, you know, the first guy of the pen a lot. He had some ups and downs. His ups were really, really good last year. He looks great. Second year guy. And then, uh, Carter Benbrook looked great, uh, in live hitters last week. Uh, he's coming back from, from arm surgery. Uh, and it sounds like he could, uh, have a chance to, to secure a, a starting role. We also have guys like I don't know JD Callahan, the veteran. Uh, you mentioned some of the new guys uh, coming in, like uh, Tyler Bremner. Like, there's gonna be some competition for those starting spots. Yeah, and it, it is comp competitive. You know, the negative is that 
Um, Ryan Gallagher's going to be out for the year. We're going to miss him. Um, he's got a, a season-ending injury, um, which is unfortunate. Unfortunate for him, unfortunate for the team. Um, but that's going to open up some spots for some of those other guys. Um, Goody had a great fall. Um, you know, last year he was successful. I wouldn't say he pitched to his capabilities. I think he'd be the first one to tell you that, that he had probably out of the whole year, maybe two starts where he really pitched at the level that he was capable of. Um, so it was some anxiety and trying too hard and not trusting himself uh, enough, but um, he's had a, he's had a great fall. His fastball profiles improved. Um, he's been working on that. His breaking ball really improved last year. He was almost a one pitch guy. It was a, you know, he lived off his changeup and then flashed some fastballs. But fastball velo's up. The fastball profile's improved. Breaking ball was a plus pitch this fall. Um, we're hoping that, you know, he's he's the likely lead candidate to throw on Friday for us. And, you know, he's kind of a Rod Boone uh, type type pitcher, um, pitching off the changeup. Um, and then after that, yeah, it's kind of open. It's wide open. Right now, we've got six guys we're working up to to start. Um, you know, Ben Brook, I would have said no to that until I saw him at live hitters. You know, he threw that was his first time facing live hitters. And he, after that, put himself in the, the conversation for, for starting. His velocity's up three or four miles an hour um, from where it was his, his sophomore year before he got injured. Um, breaking balls really improved. He has the same... Um, Boone Gutierrez type changeup, um, kind of that get out of jail free card that he can slap down whenever he wants to. Um, and he's he's been he's been good, fun to see him. So he'll be in the mix for that. You've got Ager had a great fall. Um, stuff is really propped up up to ninety five this fall. I think last year was kind of eighty nine, ninety one. Added a changeup curveball. Um, trying to get him to just put it all together now um, and go out and pitch and compete. Um, and he, he's a worker. Um, so he, he profiles as a, a starter with the the big fastball and, and the multiple pitches. And we're just trying to tighten up the location right now and, and turn that into some better results. And then we've got all those freshmen that I mentioned, um, Bremner, Camarillo, Barrett, um more and they're they're all in the mix to to start i would say bremner's probably the leader in the class they're just based on and he's got a really special fastball so it's 92 to 95 and he's got elite rise on it and good spin numbers and so far has thrown it in the zone enough he's got a plus change up the breaking ball is his third pitch right now but he's shown some flashes of that being being good and then uh kind of similar with those other guys hudson barrett's been up to up to 94 for us and big big strapping left-hander with velocity and a plus change up and he's came back from the break with a better breaking ball um clearly done some work and then Reed Mooring's a you know pitch ability right-hander 6-1 uh you know 91 to 94 with a really good breaking ball and plus command and we were concerned about him not having enough of, enough to get left-handers out, but he did a good job over the break and came back with a competitive changeup and got some swings and misses on that. His first live hitters last week, which uh, was exciting because I think that changes changes what we can do with him. It's hard if 
somebody doesn't have anything to get left-handers out as a starting pitcher because the, the other team, if they have the ability, can can stack the left-handed lineup against you and, and make it tough. And um, the fact that Reed, Reed has developed that change, it makes a difference. And then the wild card's going to be Camarillo. We didn't throw a lot in the fall. It's a little nicked up. Um, when he did, it was exciting. Um, he threw well in live hitters. He was one of those higher profile, you know, potential high draft picks out of high school that that turned down some some potential offers to to come to school and um, you know easy to it sounds crazy but it'd be easy to see a few of those guys be first rounders in a couple of years if they can continue to work and develop and improve and stay healthy I mean, all those, all of those things have to happen but the the potential is is definitely there. Um, no, we'll we'll see. We'll see who ends up winning it. JD Callahan, yes, is in the mix there. Um, he has some starting experience for us. Um, he got better over the break. We've been kind of waiting and waiting and waiting for him to make that next, you know, big jump and establish uh, his freshman year. It looked like he was going to be, you know, one of the the next great Gaucho starters. And the it just hasn't quite developed to that point quite yet. We're hoping this year is the breakout year for him where he can, he can put it all together. And, uh, he'll be in the mix. His stuff is probably behind those other guys. Um, so he's going to have to pitch his way through it and locate and, and doesn't have as much wiggle room to make mistakes, but he's, he's in the mix as well. well I don't want to forget about the bullpen, but we need to mention the bullpen. His bullpen was, it was a key part in last year's run, and there's going to be some names that are returning. You mentioned one already, uh, Clayton Hall, be out of the pen. Uh, guys like Nick Welch, Brady Huddleston, uh, and Michael Rice. So I know there's there's a good article on, on D1 Baseball. They put, posted a fall recap uh, of the Gauchos, so there's a lot of good stuff in there. If you have access to that, uh, I suggest uh, you go and read that um, before – season starts if you're interested um a lot of that stuff is covered here uh but uh they do a I lot this, i think they, this might be a little more a little up better. to date and a little more accurate <laughs> <laughs> but still uh they did a good rundown uh of the bullpen uh any other names you want to add um that have a shot to uh see some innings uh, late in games hey yeah uh, i know i'm going long here um hopefully people are hanging in here with me but there's a lot of names in the, in the bullpen and, you know, not everybody, not all those guys are going to get to start. So you've got, you know, four starters and I mentioned seven guys there. So three of those guys are going to roll back into the bullpen and throw, you know, key, key spots and key roles. I think probably Ben Brook and Barrett, one of those guys will need to throw as a fireman type pitcher for us. Um, every year that we've been really good, we've had somebody that could do that, you know, Kyle Nelson, Carter Benbrook, Greg Molly, um, Michael McGreevy, Michael McGreevy, you know, guys that could throw multiple times a week and could come in, you know, on the sixth and, and, and stop a rally. And so I, I think Ben Brook and uh, Barrett have the mentality to do that. Ben Brook's obviously done that as a, an all American at one point. Um, Barrett's got a big arm and a big change up. I like having a left-hander in that role if possible. Um, it could equalize the other team's left-handed hitters. And uh, so we'll, we will, we'll see how that settles in. But, at, you know, after that, Sam Whiting had a breakout fall. 
Um, you know, Sam had some shoulder stuff early on in his career. We had, we had high hopes for him early and then had a shoulder surgery and it was kind of slow going to get back to it. You know, I don't think his numbers were amazing last year, but um, he made some adjustments uh, with his arm action a little bit, it helped him, helped him get behind the ball and his velocities crept up. He was up to 93 in the, in the fall. We're hoping that he'll be a little tick better than that with some adrenaline in the spring with a wipeout slider. Um, he wasn't very good early in the fall. In fact, he get he got roughed up pretty good against Cal Poly in the the fall scrimmage. Um, and then ever since then he's 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 been on a mission. Um, he came back, he looks great. Michael Rice was, you know, an all-conference player last year, I believe. Matt Ager, all-conference reliever. If he doesn't end up winning a starting job, could roll in and and throw to the pen for us. Um, Clayton Hall, we're excited to have back and have healthy. Um, he had some non-baseball health type stuff that he was dealing with a little bit. And um, we got him back about halfway through the year last year, maybe with about a quarter of the year left. Uh, but he looks healthy and looks great. He's got a good good rising fastball. Um, and then Alex Schreier. You know, Alex had an elbow injury uh, early on in his career last year. Just never settled in. It was He's got fantastic makeup. He's one of our leader, leader, leaders on the team, um, and everybody's rooting for him. And he just he just lost his feel a little bit coming back off the injury. Took him a little while to to get back. This fall, early, it was a, a little little bit of the same. And then at the end of the end of the fall, he really turned it on. He came out in his last his last outing and of the fall and was was sitting at ninety four with a good slider and changeup and heavy sink and you know, he would be somebody that be a candidate to be a, a stopper or a closer. So we've got a lot of options out there, back there. Nick Welch was another guy that has some experience. Michael Splay and a left-hander that had a little bit of time last year. We weren't great out of the pen last year. Um, we had some guys that were good, and then we we were a little bit hit and miss. I, I feel like we have the potential to have a, a solid bullpen uh, this year. Brady Huddleston's back and has gotten better, made some adjustments. So, um we're hopeful that they can, you know, when we play another team with the lights on and a, a baseball jersey and not a t-shirt on, that they can. Um, it's coming. They, yeah, they can. It's they coming. Can it's close. To do that. So <laughs> we're almost there, there. there's, yeah, there's some potential there. We'll see. It's going to take a little while to sort through all of that. I think, you know, that the way the NCAA rules work, we really don't get to see much until the end of January. And then we got three weekends to, to run those guys out there and, and see what roles that they're going to fit into with a lot of question marks with roles. But I think there's, I think there's enough there to, to be good if we can get them into the right spots. Well, there's a lot of good things to report on coming out of the fall guys bouncing back guys coming out of break with if uh, you know, a better feel for a position or a better feel for the bat or a better feel on the mounds. And that's what you want to see as a coach uh, that, you know, that whatever, routines and practices and you know weight routines catch play all the stuff that they're working on that they're going home and doing the work and coming back better so that you can hit the ground running in january leading into february uh to finish off the podcast we'll go through uh really quick we'll go through how our prof professional gauchos did in the summer and then just a couple of project notes at the end um, and a couple of news things to note. Um, I'm going to run through these summer notes 
here really fast. Stop me if you want to add on. Um, but we had a lot of good performances. Um, I'll start in the minors, most notably, uh, Marcos Castanon. How about the summer he had with Lake Elsinore? 23 homers, 85 RBIs, 882 OPS. Uh, and he helped the Storm uh, win a Cal League championship. Um, that was really cool following Marcos. And he's here. Um, he got here a couple days ago. So he's been he's been saying hi, hanging out and hitting. It. It's good to see him. Um, but do you have a comment on that? Because it was a great summer. Yes, it's one, yes. of, one of the better summers that we've seen from a, a position player uh, coming out from, from UCSB in recent years. Slowest home run trot in America. <laughs> <laughs> and he got to do it a lot. He got to yeah. get some some light cardio um going on with the, a lot of a lot of homers. So that was fun to see. Let's see. McGreevy uh finished the summer in double A with Springfield. He earned pitcher of the week and pitcher of the month in April for uh Peoria, which was single A. Um, but he finished the year in double A. He was nine and five, three point nine nine ERA, 144 innings for the first round pick from 2021. And uh, we just got word that he did get an invite to big league camp uh, with the Cardinals for this year. So that's McGreevy. Uh Boone, Rodney Boone, he had strong showing in A ball and high A. He won pitcher of the week uh, in both leagues. He was eight and four, three point five four ERA, 114 innings. Armani Smith. Started in Eugene, he was promoted to Double A Richmond. Uh, he was dealing with a back injury at the end of, of the year, but he was a Rule Five draft pick by the Twins, uh, and I, we expect him to be in St. Paul playing in Triple A uh, for this upcoming summer. Um, I hung out with Armani a bunch in San Francisco over the fall. Uh, he's doing well. I don't know where I missed that. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that until you just said that. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. I, I missed was, it. He was a Rule Five pick. Uh, we were, we were there working with him, uh, on the day that that happened. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so he's now with the twins, um, and should be with the saints and triple a, um, I think, I think that's how that works, but he'll be double a triple a with the twins. Uh, let's see Eric Yang finished the year in triple a. He was kind of the, you know, because he's a catcher, he's kind of being bounced around a lot, but he got some, some triple a time and some double a time, uh, Eric Yang, he's also in town. You know, apparently, the AAA pitching is a lot easier to hit than the singular pitching. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tevin, Tevin Mitchell might be able to say that too. I think he hit a yeah. home run his first at bat or first game that he played AAA. He was there for like a week. Uh, let's see. Noah Davis made his major league debut with the Rockies on the final day of the season. I think he would have liked to rescript it, but he was up there with the big league club. Um, hopefully he gets an invite to big league camp. Uh, Noah's been, he's been a trooper in, in the minor leagues. He's really bought into all the, the analytics stuff and the video work. He does a lot of cool stuff on his social media page. So yeah. Anybody interested in that? It's a fun, fun social media to follow. Yeah. And, and Noah, I, I share, I share a lot of his stuff with our, our pitchers. Yeah. Uh, okay. Big league guys, uh, Bieber, of course, uh, he led the guardians to the ALDS, he was 1-0 with a 2.03 ERA and a win in the playoffs during the regular season, 13-8, 2.88 ERA, 23 quality starts, 200 Ks, 200 innings, just a rock. Uh, you know, people Is were that saying good? that's pretty good. <laughs> people were saying that he's not the Bieber of his Cy Young year, but, you know, when you pitch 200 innings nowadays and you have 23 quality starts, you know, that's doing something. You don't see that very often. Um 
and he was coming off an injury from last year, so he bounced back really well. Um, it's a bona, f- bona fide ace in the big leagues. Bona fide ace uh, with a playoff team. So Shane, yeah. shout out. He's very, doing really well. Year. Another good year. Uh, let's see, Kyle Nelson, staple in the Diamondbacks bullpen, 42 appearances, 2.19 ERA. He had 10 holds and two wins. Uh, I saw him at a Giants game, went out to the bullpen to say hi when the D-backs were in San Francisco during the summer. That was cool. Let's see, Dylan Tate, once again. So second year in a row, he led the Orioles in appearances. Baltimore, who was, you know, had a real shot to make the playoffs uh, down the stretch, and Dylan played a big part of that. 67 appearances, he had four wins, five saves, 16 holds. Uh, and a 3.05 ERA plus he was a Roberto Clemente award nominee, uh, which recognizes a baseball player who best exemplifies the game of baseball sportsmanship, community involvement, and the individual's contribution to his team. So Dylan is doing it on the field and off the field as well. And that is uh, no yeah, surprise to us yeah. given his character. No, not at all. It was awesome. I got to have lunch with him in thousand Oaks uh, about a week and a half ago. He was in LA visiting his family and, same old Dylan. I mean, we said hi for about, I don't know, one second. He was right into all the stuff he's working on and yeah. stuff he's doing to try to get better. And uh, it was fun to hear, hear his, what he has done and what his plans are for for this upcoming year. So excited for him. Excited for all those guys. So I think Shane's getting married here soon, too. Don't forget about that. So yes. He's, he's in the it's wedding wedding season again. So there's there's been a, there's been a few marriages. Uh... We've had some. Over the past couple of years, uh, the Wares, the Clarks, uh, the Munos, yeah, JJ and Kaylee, uh, and now uh, the Beavers coming up. Uh, let's see one one more name I wanted to throw out there, uh, Jared Wilson. He's been pitching yeah. in Mexico for the last three or four years. He had a one point nine seven ERA you this past season, right? And he won a championship uh, pitching for Jalisco. Uh, down in Mexico. So yeah. shout out Jared Wilson. Um, still doing it uh, south of the border. Um, he's, he's got a cool a social media page. He posts a lot of videos um, of his stuff. He's got a wipeout slider. It's it looks great. He looks great. Yeah, and he's done a, he's done a really nice job. He's working with younger kids in development um, in a facility during the off season, and he's able to get his hands on and share the stuff he's learning with a lot of, a lot of those kids. So and don't, don't forget Andrew Vasquez as well. You know, I know mm-hmm. he transferred to Westmont, but we still claim him. He was here for three years and comes back for alumni weekend and proud of, proud of him. He's hanging in there and bouncing around and getting big league time. And um, I can't remember who picked him up late here. Is the Phillies, I think, that picked him up? Kevin? You sure? Well, I know at the end of 21, the end of 21, he was picked up by the, by the Dodgers, like, right down the home stretch and he, he pitched in some big games, I think against the giants. Um, it says here he finished 2022 with San Francisco. Okay. No, I think he got um, picked up. I think he got picked up by the Phillies. If I'm not correct. Yeah. Right now he's in the, with the Phillies. Yeah. So he's, he continues to grind away and get up there and get big, big league time every year. So happy for him. Yeah, me too. So look forward to seeing, uh, hopefully he's here at alumni weekend. We're, we're kind of working towards that alumni weekend plug here. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I've also seen Tommy Jew hanging around. I've seen Cole Cummings hanging around. Uh, you know, I, I know they're going to start trickling, trickling in 
to get some swings, get some some uh, some pitches off the mound, and getting ready for alumni weekend, which is not this weekend, but the following weekend. I don't have the dates right in front of me. You can help me out with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, January twenty seventh through the there it 20, is twenty eighth. Yeah, alumni game on the twenty seventh. Uh, social during the game, then uh, golf tourney on the 28th and uh, dinner to wrap it up. So, yeah, and all, all those, all those, all the information is online, ucsbgouches.com. There's probably a separate page for alumni stuff where you can sign up, um, get all the schedule stuff, get dialed in if you want to play baseball or if you want to play golf. Um, and another alum to note here, Skip Schumacher. Hired to be the new manager of the Miami Marlins. Uh, Skip, of course, great gaucho. He was on one of the earlier podcasts. I think it was uh, one of the first 10 episodes. Um, and he coached with the Padres from 18 to 21. And he was with the Cardinals last year as a bench coach. Um, but now he's a new manager for Miami, who made some noise last year as well, um, kind of out of nowhere. So uh, congratulations to Skip. Do you have a chance to say hi to Skip at all? Yeah, I, I got to text with him a little bit when he when he got the job and – um yeah he's he's had a, a great career so he's 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 been awesome and you know bob had you know him and and spilly and michael young and uh zito and virgil vasquez and <laughs> i'm sure i'm missing some names there but um pretty good streak there position players you know in the big leagues and some special ones you know well, and now and all those guys have become ambassadors of the game i mean skip is coaching you know spilly's doing the the broadcasting, Michael Young, he's now in the front office with the Rangers, Hall of Famer two, with Texas. Two-time two man of the year. Yeah, and, and Virgil, Virgil's uh, coaching in the minor leagues with the Twins. Um, and, of course, Zito, you know, he had a long career, um, and he's he's still he's around. He's making music now. Yes, music man. Yeah, he's making music. Uh, and then one more thing to note, uh, Kelly Barsky. We're going to have a, a separate pod with her, but uh, hired as a new athletic director officially. Uh, we got that news a couple weeks ago at the beginning of January. So um, congratulations to Kelly uh, on the promotion. And she's now leading the Gauchos officially as the AD. Absolutely. We're excited about that. And she's been a Gaucho for 14 years. Started as a coach and has had her hands in all different areas of uh, of the department, from academics to obviously starting as a coach, to being the senior women's administrator, um, to now sitting in the big chair. So we're excited to see see her uh her work and and uh to to see the difference that he makes for she makes for the program all right that'll wrap things up uh for this podcast we'll get to more things there's lots more to talk about we'll get that in the season preview uh good schedule that the gadgets have uh, it's going to be competitive um and it starts on february 17th so watch out for that maybe the week before the season starts uh, we'll probably get some player interviews, um, get some different voices in there. But um, for not doing a pod the last six months, I think we did pretty well. Hopefully that wasn't too long. Uh, but usually Gaucho fans, they stick it out to the end. They, they can always listen Regardless. on two times speed or one and a half speed <laughs> if they want to. <laughs> exactly. exactly. We, did we, didn't, we didn't drown and we got a podcast in. So good morning. Right. It, it was a great morning. A little surf, a little pod, uh, talking Gauchos. Um we got work to do today. So um, we'll see you at the yard. Uh, thanks for all your hard work. Uh, it's good to be back. Thanks for having me back. And uh, we'll talk soon. Glad to have you back. Go Chos.
Coach Shaggins, head coach of the Gauchos. And uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs>